Global Inclusion at UPS. According to the PwC's 2022 Global Workforce Hopes and Fears Study, 54% of respondents believe that it is extremely important for organizations to have transparency about their record for addressing diversity and inclusion in the workplace. The study further showcased the topics that matter most to workers, which include pay, flexibility, job fulfillment, well-being, and inclusion. 66% of respondents stated that they want to be their true selves in the workplace. Over the past few years, companies have made many commitments on diversity, equity, and inclusion with the ultimate goal of creating a workplace that is equitable and inclusive for all. Welcome to the Diversity Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Audra Jenkins, joined by a member of my Ronsat Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Already crew, Floss Agri. Today, we're speaking with Charlene Thomas, who serves as Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer for UPS and is a member of the company's executive leadership team. Charlene leads the global diversity, equity, inclusion efforts both internally and externally with UPS employees, suppliers, and customers around the world. Prior to being named Chief Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Officer, Charlene served as the Chief Human Resource Officer, and in this role, she got a UPS's transformation and HR initiatives to optimize the talent, leadership, and culture for the company's more than 540,000 global employees located in over 220 countries. Charlene is also a member of the Executive Leadership Council and has received numerous awards and accolades for human resources and leadership. She holds a bachelor's degree in psychology from Temple University and an MBA in business administration from Eastern University. Welcome, Charlene. Thank you, Audra. It is a pleasure. We're so excited to have you and, and really appreciate your time. So let's jump right in, Charlene. You've got this remarkable career. When I read your bio, and I know you and I've met in the past uh, briefly, but it's just amazing how your career has transformed at one major company like UPS. And then what's historically has been a male-dominated field, you think about transportation logistics. Can you please share a little bit about your journey to the Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer role? Well, Audra, I really had no immediate plans to stay when I joined UPS, but I was early adopted and embraced by a male ally that really helped me see that UPS was a place where I could grow and evolve as a leader. So I started off like many UPSers have as a package handler while I was a full-time student at Temple University. Then I had the opportunity to join our part-time management ranks with many cases and businesses that would be viewed as almost like a, a management trainee program. And from there, I went on to be a driver, and then I went into full-time management. I started out inside package operations, then unload driver training, sales. Then I went into our air, which was extremely rewarding and fun. And then I had the opportunity to go be over a larger opportunity with running a ramp and day sort. I then got an opportunity to relocate and run a larger division in Alabama. And I had served an operation director for uh, about 10 years, and I got to relocate about four different times and really have a chance to work with diverse teams. And then in 2016, I was promoted to a president. And then in 2018, I was actually promoted to an SVP. And then finally, in 2019, I got a transitional opportunity to come in and work on our HR transformation and really kind of help set the compass for really where we need to go with human capital. As I've been a passionate people's person, having a degree in psychology my entire life, I was really able to use all of my vast 29 years of experience 
just exploring operations and learning different areas of need to really identify what would be the best ways for us to modernize and really make uh, automate things and transactions that would help our operators get results quicker, be able to make decisions, and really enable them to have a nimble and agile workforce. After completing the HR transformation to a human capital management system, I was then promoted to the CHRO in 2019, where in that role, globally understanding really the complexity and the world needs of really how to leverage and invest and really maximize human talent and abilities really positioned me well to come into the chief diversity officer role in 2021 really at the pinnacle of just awareness, inclusion, and more importantly, understanding of what it means to be an employer that really gives equity and provides inclusion to all. Wow, Charlene, that is so impressive. I'm just floored the fact that you were a driver. And to look at you, I would never have imagined. Now, I know drivers come in all safe sizes and ranges, but I'm just thinking, wow, I would have never have imagined that you were on one of the brown trucks and, and going around as a driver. That's impressive. I mean, that shows that you've done almost every type of job there is at UPS, which led to your success. Thank you. But other than loading an aircraft, I think that's probably one of the best jobs I've ever had. Oh, that is amazing. See, people, UPS is hiring every season. Make sure you check it out at ups.com. You never know. You can end up like Charlene, a Chief Diversity and Equity Inclusion Officer in the C-suite. So, all right. So, Charlene, moving to my next question. In 2020, your CEO, Carol Tomei, made a powerful statement on UPS's transformation and commitment to diversity by investing $4 million in education, awareness, and social justice programs. The quote that I really just stood out so much I love, and she said, we, we know there is no place in our community anywhere in the world for racism, bigotry, or hate. We will not stand quietly or idly on the sidelines of this issue. How do her words and actions really help support your global diversity strategic plan? Well, it really became inspirational. I mean, it really became foundational for what really was going to be the platform to which we supported our wildly important initiatives, starting out with customer first, people-led and innovation-driven. We really wanted to dig deep into people-led. When most companies say that people are their most valued asset or resource, it really comes with a true investment of understanding how to serve servant leadership, providing not only an income, but really psychological support, holistic support of what all things that are important to improving our customer experience, that so our employees are really feeling though they have the opportunity to really get the best out of a work experience because their employer truly understands them and wants to partner with them. So when we started on our journey, we wanted to make sure that we understood what was the task at hand. So the task at hand was to really give the employees the ability to bring their whole self to work, understand what services and policies and structures, be it internal or systemic, that were existing and to dismantle them and to provide them with an outlet and a place of inflection to where they could provide us feedback and they would share with us through our business resource groups, 
really foundationally, what did they want to do and see an employer provide so that they could deliver the excellent service that our customers required? And we have continued to build upon that with our tagline, you belong at UPS. We can consistently have our DEI council leaning in to get the voice of our customers to bring in their best practices that we can share enterprise-wise. We globally engage across uh, the world with BRGs and, and all countries that we serve to make sure that we are top of mind in coming up with programs as well as hearing the voices of what is needed and having our executive leaders partner with all of these teams as they are out and about and traveling post-COVID and to give them an opportunity to learn and network with other resource groups to continue to grow the UPS brand externally. Wow, Charlene, you clearly have a lot of great inclusion efforts at UPS that you're undertaking. I think it really resonates with your 540,000 UPSers worldwide. Um, Is there anything else that you guys are doing around inclusion that uh, is helping your leaders make sure their employees are in staff or, you know, have the ability to thrive in your organization? Absolutely. So we have just started with a Let's Talk DEI series, which I'm so proud of, where we are looking to leaders to really to actually model the behaviors of what it's like. How do I become an ally? What does it take to be more inclusive? Using the tools that we have not only uh, available in our learning management system, but also just very small tips around listening, smiling, embracing, engaging, understanding how to use pronouns, being very comfortable with not having the right answer, but getting back with people. So We use our Let's Talk DEI series to really enable and partner with our frontline employees on how to talk to them, what do they want to see, what is important, and making sure that their voices as well as their presence is felt at the C-suite and that we recognize that our frontline employees really deliver service to our customers every day. So our Let's Talk DEI program is really something that we we kicked off in April of this year. We just showcased our first work, and we're continuing to iterate and allowing our employees to bring their specific voices, but specifically the things that they like to demonstrate and model on how they're delivering inclusive leadership to serve our customers better. Wow, I love that, Charlene, especially now more than ever. I think everyone wants to feel that they have a voice. They feel that they're valued and they're respected in all our organizations. So kudos to UPS for the Less Talk DEI series. A great program for sure. I'm going to pass it now, Charlene, to my colleague, Floss Agri, who's going to take us through the next few questions. Floss? Thanks, Audra. So Charlene, I read about your book, Women in Brown. I'm sorry, I read about your Women in Brown segment where you are highlighting women across UPS. And right now there is an impressive four out of 11 members of the C-suite at UPS are actually women. I love that. So I know you've mentioned the Less Talk, DE, and I series, but what are a few things that UPS is doing specifically to help advance women in the workplace that you'd like to speak on? I'm so happy to answer that, Floss. We are partnering with our frontline operations as well as women in trucking to really lean into our program called Women in Operations. We just celebrated about a week and a half ago our SVP of transportation as well as the West Region 
really, there's 10 women who recently went through a very rigorous training program to learn how to be on-road supervisors. And these young ladies came to UPS, some of them five years ago, some as soon as early as five months ago, not really knowing what they wanted to do. We reached out through our BRGs as the DEI team really provided wraparound services to really help skill them and reinforce the talents and the skills that they need to be to be successful and have a career beyond just frontline leadership. Some cases, they will be going on to be full-time on-road supervisors. In other cases, they'll be going on to be on-road feeder supervisors or tractor-trailer supervisors. And quite frankly, that is a very intimidating job. But instead of allowing them to be intimidated, we partnered them with allies, other women who are successful in these roles, saying, hey, I started like you five years ago, 10 years ago. I've been able to balance family. I've been able to balance work life. I've been able to have support of my boss, which was so critical to making sure that We have male advocates partnering with females to really support both aspects of what it takes to come to work. In a male-dominated field, it is so important to be embraced by males, but also mentored and sponsored, to which this program is solely based on, as well as recognition, as well as support. So throughout the journey, they know of opportunities. And if they're having bad days, there's this whole network of women who are going through the same things that they are. So if they need daycare, they need a listening ear, they're having a problem, they can solve and solution amongst each other and build each other up. So we just celebrated that kickoff that's going to be rolled out across all of the United States over the next 18 months. It was showcased in Southern California. And we are so happy to really have this program with those leaders, as well as all the advocates and allies to make sure that All women understand that they have the possibility of success. What is limiting them is what's in their mind's eye and nothing short because we will support them throughout their career. Wow. I love that. I love the way that you're taking the time to invest in women and not only investing in women with programs, which are great, but as you mentioned, you're providing other services to make sure that they're successful long term. So that's just brilliant. I love that. Going a bit deeper, UPS, of course, your large scale, really complex. And going through this process, right, because we know that it's a, it's a journey and it doesn't happen overnight. What would you consider some of those aha moments or lessons learned that you picked up along the way in making this a place where everyone feels like they actually belong? Well, it's intentionality. I mean, I think the first thing lesson learned is you have to be very intentional and you have to be very focused on what levers and which areas you can improve and create a steady state. Sustainability is the key. There's many things that need to be fixed and there's going to be lots of things through engagement surveys or through concerns or even through suggestion box if people want you to fix We really have to align to the pain point that all can embrace and engage with and that we can consistently partner with all levels of leadership and employees and to make sure that we galvanize on this is the path that we're going to embark on and to note failures as well as successes and understand that this journey is going to be one filled with ups and downs. 
but we are dedicated and not deterred if we don't see success. And we're keeping that listening ear to make sure we keep engaged so that all parties can participate. So the lesson learned is you can't pull the rope by yourself. If every hand isn't pulling the rope, then we're going to leave somebody behind. So we've started small, very specific with with the groups that we know we have the bandwidth to support. And as we start to get success, we continue to then partner with and then bring on new operations and areas to advance in. And they mentor and they kind of sponsor each other as they go through the process of this. Therefore, we don't have too many different deployments going on that we can't manage and we can't guide through to get to a steady state and remain sustainable. Okay. No, that is impressive. Just being intentional, making sure that whatever you put in place is is sustainable. I feel like that's key to building trust around whatever you're exercising in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space. So that's impressive. Thank you for sharing. I have some nuggets here that I've taken. So with the COVID-19 pandemic, right? I know UPS in the logistics space, global supply chain, I can only imagine what you've had to put in place to navigate effectively through all of this and the long hours you put into it. How are you leveraging your certified diverse suppliers in this space, right? The focus on diversity outreach and continuing to focus on certified diverse suppliers and making sure they're inclusive as part of all of that. Well, I have to give a plug to our supplier diversity team led by Jose Turkowitz and led by Chris Oswald. That group is so intentional around making sure that we keep our ears to the ground through the pandemic. I personally had a diverse supplier reach out to me via LinkedIn. And you know, LinkedIn is a very random and sometimes unpredictable medium to connect with people. There's a female Black transportation company that was looking to secure some services with us. I simply made the connection and said, hello, I'm very happy to hear from you. I understand during the pandemic, you know, you're really looking to to reestablish yourself. I connected Chris to this young lady and I heard back from her in about three and a half weeks. And she said, thank you so much. Her first name is Teresa. I'm not going to get into her business, but literally we were able to have a million dollar engagement with this diverse supplier that saved her business. And it's really programs like our supplier diversity, our intentional sponsorship and marketing through our Unstoppable campaign. It's really syncing and linking what all these different aspects can do for our customers as well as our employees to engage them, to let them know we are open for business. We want to do business with diverse suppliers. We have made it so easy from a template to show diverse suppliers how to just go on our website and either secure services that we are helping them procure using the fact that we can leverage our buying power for them to be able to buy supplies to be able to provide services or how to do business with UPS and how to give different threshold requirements and ways to bridge them in order for them to do either small business or scalable business for us, we start to identify pathways. So I'm so excited. And our team was our SVP, Jose Turkowitz, was uh, rewarded with this global supplier in supplier diversity program, which is a a globally recognized uh, feat. He was nominated this year to win that. That was quite a competitive event. And we're so happy that we can support him 
as well as all of our diverse customers with a very robust and very significant spend when it comes to diverse supplier diversity and diverse suppliers. Wow, congratulations on that nomination and also just on UPS's just intentionality around continuously evolving and advancing your process to connect with diverse suppliers. I'm sure they appreciate it and we appreciate it as an economy as well. Continuing on that vein, thinking about COVID-19, of course, one of the effects of COVID-19, as we have all heard about, read about the great resignation or the great reimagining, many people, unfortunately, are experiencing a sense of burnout. They're overly stressed. They're anxious. What advice do you have in this space for other leaders to ensure that they're mindful of that, right? that they're focused on that. We know that well-being is crucial. What kind of feedback would you provide? I think that feedback really is, is that we have had an ability as people to be resilient, but resilience requires in just being very specific around your own mental and physical health. I think with the pandemic, there was a lot of pinned up demand, but there was a lot of emotional stress and strain. So we have really made specifically through our resources for living healthcare benefit, um, listening sessions, really providing that mental health support for both families and employees. We've done town hall calls where we've just allowed different healthcare professionals to provide just different tips and tools and trades. Our BRGs are out there doing healthcare on health fairs in our operations, bringing in healthcare professionals between yoga, meditation, helping people who had economic distress. So we partnered with John Hope and the Hope Foundation and helping people get their credit restored. So we realized that there is a dimension of need that COVID kind of just bottled up. And as it's unleashed, we have to be very cognizant that people have a variety of needs. We just want to be available and more importantly, intentional around giving them the ability to let us know and for them to discreetly be able to secure what support they need, as well as take advantage of either FMLA, time off. We offer and provide flexible work in many job categories, not all because we do service frontline, but we are making sure if someone comes with a concern that we do the best that we can to retain the employee, provide options, and to make sure that we can continue to give our employees a support to prevent any further resignation or departures of any of our workforce. As we know, there are so many competitive offers that are in the marketplace right now. Thank you. The fact that UPS is aware of the opportunity that they have to invest and give back to the community and you're taking advantage of that, I think that's that's great. Also, the way that you remain connected to your business resource groups and really leveraging those groups as channels into the community appropriately. I'm now going to pass it back over to Ardra, who's going to ask a few more uh, pointed questions around equity, diversity, and inclusion at UPS. Audra. Thank you, Floss. That was a great segment there. Um, Charlene, just really quickly, uh, what advice do you have for someone who's just starting out at equity, diversity, and inclusion efforts in their company? What advice would you give? You have to go out and meet the people where they are. 
there is no one path to having this solved. It's a journey. The critical thing is, is making sure that you're hearing not only the concerns, but you're also involving those who are concerned in the solution so that they have a vested interest in making sure that it is correct and it is absolutely achievable. That's the front line. Then you need to go to the C-suite to make sure you've got ultimate support across all levels so that not only the CEO, but the executives actually support and are willing to a partner with you on what it is the company needs to achieve its objective. Because as we know, human capital is something that is continuing to become more expensive. Replacement of workforce, in some cases, is really something that is going to hit the bottom line when you don't have the talented people where you need. And really understanding how you can deliver that diversity, equity, inclusion is part of really where new and existing professionals have to understand critically that business and spend time with that leader to understand what diversity, equity, inclusion can help them unlock as far as bottom line return on investment, as well as human capital and trajectory and succession for which they all are charged with on a daily basis. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%, Charlene. And I would just add that You know, one of the things I always say is that culture and inclusion is everyone's responsibility. Every single worker that graces our doors. And I think that we all are responsible. It's not just one person's job. It's not one department, one leader, our CEO. It's every single person that interacts with every other single person in our organization. We all have a role to play. And that's some great advice. Thank you for that. Sadly, we're dealing with these societal pressures from the global conflict to inflation. There are many diversity leaders who are really feeling stretched thin and burned out. How do you personally prioritize self-care and balance so you can continue to keep your steam and your energy to support your 540,000 UPSers around the globe? Well, the first thing is, you know, I I always take that self-reflection moment. I am somebody who does believe in God, and I take that time to make sure that I align uh, every day. And also, I I just really take inventory of the fact that our team needs time that they're not in the office, that they're not on call. We have a very flexible and intentional work schedule to where other than team meetings and things that we commit to, which we do on a monthly basis, we are very respectful of that. And then we just have a decompression time. We start our meetings off with very cordial check-ins to make sure everybody's okay. We always, you know, what project are you working on? I have Peloton. So a couple of my team members, we follow each other on Peloton This is really making sure that you just stay attuned to really yourself and your team members to make sure that there are check-ins and there is directly a commitment to you to be respectful, but being very connected to really how things are going so that you can intercede where necessary and that you can provide the support that ultimately will allow your team to deliver for over half a million people. We really have to stay connected, and but we do have to have varied touch points just to make sure we can bring all aspects in line and, and hear all voices. So our mental and physical health have to be uh, regarded to do that. I so agree with that, Charlene. That's excellent. I'm glad that you are in the position you're in to keep spreading that so that other leaders can see how critical that is, and you're going to be a great advocate and role model for that. 
One last question I'd love to ask our guest, Charlene, when you are ready to pass the baton on to the next leader, I know you got a lot of years ahead of you, but what do you want your legacy to be that your family remembers the most? I think you you build a legacy every day. And I just think, number one, whatever title you held, that you now become the benchmark for what the organization wanted that title to be. So I want to make sure that am I remembered for being a diverse leader that was very intentional about inclusion and did things in an equitable way and made sure that the folks that are around me felt that way. So that not only did was I going to be the face of it, but I was really going to be the poster person for how that needed to be delivered and doing it in a way that would be repeatable, but yet individually authentic to say that you don't have to be like me, but these are things or traits or aspects to which I became very comfortable with being able to replicate across the organization to which others not only partnered with me, but actually took on as part of what they do. So um, I'm happy that I can leave You Belong at UPS as part of my legacy with the team, because I really think in three words, we're able to create something that not only transcends our internal customers, but it really represents to our external customers. This is the feeling. This is what it's like to partner with a company that always delivers what matters. And that's why we make a difference. So I'm happy to pass the baton on to the person that's going to amplify you belong at UPS at some point, because we'll always know that the purpose of that is to make a difference by delivering what matters. Wow. Thank you, Charlene. Oh my goodness. You really brought it today. Those wonderful nuggets for our listeners. Great advice. Thank you again, Floss, from our Ready Crew for another fantastic conversation. Also want to thank a big thank you to our listeners globally. We appreciate your support. In the words of Mahatma Gandhi, our ability to reach unity and diversity will be the beauty and test of our civilization. Remember that when we celebrate diversity and inclusion, we celebrate humanity. Be sure to spread the word and tag our hashtag diversity deep dive podcast. Real diversity happens when everyone is actively engaged and working together for positive change. Let's keep the conversation going. Please download more episodes of the diversity deep dive podcast. Until next time, seek out ways to make a positive difference in your world, your workplace, and your community. Thank you.